0: Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King, the Holiness of Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 4 tells us that where the Word of the King is, there is power. We may say unto him, What doest thou? All right. To embrace Hebrew Roots, chapter 6, by Victoria Dillon. Again, you can actually read this online, word for word at www.blessedquietness.com, www.b is in boy, L is in Larry, E is in Emmanuel, S is in Steve, S is in Samuel, E is in Emmanuel, D is in Daniel, quietness, Q-U-I-E-T. N-E-S-S dot com. Yeah. Yeah. And starting off here, I'm not going to read every single word here in chapter six. Victoria Dillon is writing here tonight, but I am going to read here a portion of it. She talks here about Kabbalah initiation and then mentions Deuteronomy seven twenty six. For God says, neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. Thou shalt utterly detest it, and thou shalt utterly abhor it. For it is a cursed thing, Deuteronomy 7, verse 26. Among other things, she talks about how Kabbalism is a cult among Hollywood stars. Now, Hebrew roots people need to understand that they are related to the most satanic aspects of modern society. I'm going to go down here, though, tonight. I'm going to read this one particular part where Victoria addresses Kabbalism and the feminine, masculine God. Victoria declares here. Her writing, Kabbalists teach that God is masculine and feminine, and that when speaking of man, they are always referring to two faces. Adam, Cadmon is a dragon, is and according to the Kabbalah interpretation of Genesis. Male and female created he them as cited in Bavad And Eoni, notwithstanding their transliteration in the Bible, as male and female. As said there, God creates man in his own image. God, help. God created he him, male and female created he them. The androgyny Adam Kedmon. Now, this Kabbalistic name is not that of a living man, or even of a human or divine being, but of the two sexes or organs. Of procreation, called in Hebrew, Zakar and Nakibah. These two being, therefore, the image under which the Lord God appeared usually to his chosen people. <coughs> but this is so, you now undeniably proven by almost all the symbologists, the Hebrew scholars, as well as by the Kabbalah. Therefore, Adam is in one sense Jehovah. Again, this is a quote from the Secret Doctrine, Volume 2, page 467. Torrey goes on. In his book, The Rod of an Almond Tree and God's Master Plan, Peter <clears throat> McCott states that Adam, as he was first created, was whole or complete, which meant that he contained male and female. Adam was created, this, this is a quote now from this Peter McCott, Adam was created as a whole being, complete in form, containing a balance of male and female, and a balance of logic and emotion. He then mentions two Adams. Then God separated from Adam. Another Adam is a helpmate. Genesis 2, verses 2 through 22, Genesis 5, (laughs) 2. This is reminiscent of the concept of the acidic atom in the physical realm. The spiritual counterpart, Adam Kinmong, inhabited the celestial realm. See quote number 21. As above, so below is an esoteric philosophy which implies a correspondence between the forces of nature and the movement of the stars in the celestial realm ancient mystery religions viewed the cosmos as being bound together in perfect duality with Europe. It may be that Peter learned the concept of occult correspondence through the ascetic Kamat of where he studied the Hebrew roots of Christianity, as stated in the preface of his book. The Victoria quotes from the preface of his book where he declares, I ended up going into a place called House, which was run by the Lubavitch, the ultra Orthodox rabbis. This was the beginning of my education in the Hebraic roots of the Bible. My knowledge of the Hebraic concept of Scripture grew. My God was being revealed to me in ways that cannot even be explained. I realized that if God had not preserved the Jewish people and their books, including the Bible, most spiritual truth and surely all of the culture of Scripture would have been lost to traditions of men, quote unquote. Returning to Peter's account of creation The reason for the fall is explained as a lack of male-female unity Adam named her Eve And they were designed To work together as one complete being Because Adam and Eve failed to act as a unit They became vulnerable and succumbed to darkness And disobedience to God Quote unquote Every student of Scripture knows that in the Genesis account, God did not fault Adam and Eve, failing to act as a unit but precisely for their unity and rebellion against Him. However, Jacob Bellamy, whose contribution to theosophy is universally recognized, repopularized the theory that the androgynous primal Adam experienced an internal rebellion, the feminine against the masculine. Please. Again, Victoria quotes from one of these sources. The Judeo-Christian myth and theology of the androgyny of the primal man was successfully reinterpreted and r by Jacob Powden, 1575 to 1624. This great mystic and theophist, Adam's sleep represents the first fall. Adam separated himself from the divine rule and imagined himself a burst of nature by which act he loaded himself and became earthly. The appearance of the sexes is a direct consequence of this first fall. Another fundamental idea of Biomi, Gipel, and other theosophists is that Sophia, the divine virgin, was originally part of the primal man when he attempted to dominate her, the virgin separated herself from him. All history is viewed by esoteric schools as the return of mankind to the condition of Adam month. Perfect androgynous state, as the archetype of Adam and Maud, so was the male and female being one soul. This each soul and spirit start with a united male female, which splits and when a couple unites in marriage, it is the reuniting of that male female soul. I'm just gonna stop here for a moment and just interject something here. <clears throat> Again, all of history is viewed by the esoteric schools as the return of mankind to the condition of Adam Kidmon. perfect androgynous state. <clears throat> now, in case you're not aware how some of this stuff has infiltrated the churches today, even affecting individuals who would make no identification whatsoever with the Hebrew Roots Movement, uh, I've heard this whole matter of God having a male... Female side, a masculine feminine side. I've heard that preached already in one KJ's Bible church where they happen to be very big followers of the Sword of the Lord and that Jack Howells gang out in Indianapolis, Indiana. That Jack Howells guy there, Sword of the Lord, who has since died and I believe no doubt going to hell, he actually was a very big promoter of the whole concept of God having a masculine feminine side. And also, the guy that I used to sit under at one time for Bible study, he preached this dominion-type theology that basically talked about getting back to the way things were. Getting back to Eden, he would say a lot of times, getting back to Eden. And I see some of that, I see the spirit of that teaching here in this whole adam kin mindset that uh, the Kabbalah, those of the Hebrew roots, promotes. Because again, all of history is viewed by these esoteric schools as the return of mankind to the condition of adam kin perfect androgynous estate back to Eden, back to Eden, back to Eden. In fact, Miles Monroe, this one charismatic woman, sheet's clothing that died not long ago, him and his wife both. And I'm sure Miles went to hell and his wife. probably I'm sure probably went with him. He also was very big on preaching this dominion type theology that talked about getting back to Eden. And again, it's the same thing right here that they're talking about here with the Hebrew roots connection with the Kabbalah. But, uh, going to read this paragraph one more time and we'll continue here all the history is viewed by the esoteric schools as the return of mankind the condition of adam kidmon the perfect androgynous state as the archetype of adam kidmon so is the of male and female being one soul it is taught that each soul and spirit start as a united male and female which splits and when a couple unites in marriage It is the reuniting of that male and female soul from the Hebrew Zohar, we see the Kabbalah concept of androgony. <clears throat> Each soul and spirit prior to entering into this world, system of male and female united into one being. <clears throat> when it descends on this earth, <clears throat> the two parts separate and animate two different bodies. The time of marriage, the Holy One, blessed be He, who knows all souls and spirits, Unites them again as they were before, and they again constitute one body and one soul, forming as it were the right and the left of one individual, quote-unquote. Gershom Scullin stated in Zohar the Book of Splendor, basic readings from the Kabbalah, If he hears a man be male and female, all, so that his faith may remain stable and in order that the presence may never leave him, quote-unquote. Thomae unveiled explains the, explain the androgynic teaching by referring to the unification of the masculine, feminine side of God. And when they are conjoined together, they appear to be only one body. Hence, we learn that the masculine, taken alone, appears to be only half the body, so that all the mercies are half. Thus, also is it with the feminine. But When they are joined together, two together appear to form. Only one whole body, and it is so. Quote, so, also here, when the male is joined with the female, they both constitute one complete body, and all the universe is in a state of happiness, because all things receive blessings from their perfect body, and this is an arcanum, quote-unquote. McGregor Matthews' introduction to Kabbalah on the veil states, Now we find <coughs> that before the deity conformed himself thus, as male and female, that the rules of the universe could not subsist. Matthew explains that the Seferoth contained the development and attributes of God, with some being male while other are female. The Holy Spirit is referred to as Ruach, or the Spirit, meaning feminine or mother. The Bibles believe that it is the union of the Father, masculine, and mother, feminine union of God, that begot the Son. Now, I know from being around um, professing believers over in Israel and even some of these messianics that I was around before I broke from them, I mean, very common, very common for them to speak of the Holy Spirit as Ruach HaKodesh. And, uh, <clears throat> and again, we see here that the Holy Spirit is referred to as Ruach, or the spirit Me. Feminine, mother. So Ruach carries with it connotation of being feminine or mother. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think a you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want to refer to the Holy Spirit as Ruach in Hebrew. We find the development of the persons and attributes of God Of these, some are male and some are female (coughs) Now, for some reason or other, best known to themselves Translators of the Bible have carefully crowded out of existence And smothered up every reference to the fact That the deity is both masculine and feminine They have translated a feminine plural By a masculine singular in the case of the world of Elohim They have, however, left an inadvertent admission of their knowledge and it was poor. Genesis, uh, uh, Genesis, they got the wrong site, Genesis 1, 26. they got like 4, 26, and Elohim said, let us make man, again, verse 27, how can Adam be made in the image of the Elohim, male and female, unless the Elohim were male and female also? The word Elohim is a plural form from the feminine singular, al, elo, by adding im, I am, to the word. But inasmuch as im, I am, is usually the termination of the masculine plural, as you're added to a feminine noun, it gives the word Elohim a sense of female potency united to a masculine idea, thereby capable of producing an offspring. That we hear much of the father and son, but we hear nothing of the mother in the ordinary religions of the day. But in the Kabbalah, we find that the Ancient of Days conforms himself simultaneously into the father and the mother, and thus begets the son. Oh, well, we're told, but as many as are the works of the law are under the curse. For cursed be everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, we're told in the book of Galatians. All oh, but here it is. But God committed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us, repent ye, and believe the gospel, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shall cleanse you from all sin, for if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, menial, mortal, sin, whatever you call all unrighteousness, God is faithful to forgive those who confess their sins to him through faith in Jesus Christ his death, burial, and resurrection alone. For by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Until next time, God bless you and yours.